carry on recording or whatever you'd like to do. Um, yeah, the last time I came to speak at the Oaks, which was, I don't know when that was, last year, I think, I, I talked a little bit about uh, my own experience with the orphan spirit. Um, and it was coming out of my own testimony. It was something that God was doing in me as I discovered that I had this spiritual influence in my life which was having a negative effect and how God was setting me free from it. Um, and so it was a little bit like looking at a piece of a, a jigsaw but just homing in on two or three pieces. And today what I want to do is kind of step back a little bit and look at the bigger picture. Uh, and in, in a way I'm talking about the same theme because, I don't know, I've just become so passionate about the idea of living free, um, whatever that means. What is freedom? It's, it's not just not being in a prison or not being confined in a building. It's something that you feel. It's something that actually becomes your identity, real freedom. And you know what? You can be a Christian like me for a long time. For me, I've been a Christian for 60 years and at times still feel that you're not free. Or is it just me? Because I'm one of those people. And so that's why, you know, God's been taking me on a journey, especially over this last year, um, looking at this idea that I want to share with you this morning. For that, I need three cheers. Okay, not three cheers, <laughs> although three cheers would be good, but three cheers. Hip, hip. Hooray! That's one. <laughs> hip, hip. Hip, hip. You're a very helpful audience. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, I have to say, I saw a fantastic talk a few weeks ago by a guy called Paul Hollingworth. He's, the, he's a pastor in Chesterfield. And uh, he used three chairs uh, to illustrate the same thing I want to illustrate. I want to say something different, but I do want to use these three chairs. So I need to acknowledge that. And... Uh, I want you to imagine, because we all know that we are all sort of made up of three parts, okay? Now, I'm not talking about legs and arms and things. I'm talking about body. Be brave. Yes, you got it right. Well done. And, yes. And we all know, let's first of all start off here. The scripture says... We have this treasure in jars of clay. Is that, am I on, John? I can lean. <laughs> we have this treasure in jars of clay. You know, the, our body is a crusty bit on the outside. And in, for some of us, it's a bit more crusty than others. Okay. <clears throat> and I'm not going to talk very much about the body because we know about the body. Uh, and how it functions. Some of us feel bits of our bodies more than we used to, uh, and some of them creak a bit. Is that right, Reg? Yeah, yeah see? Um, but I want to think particularly about this idea of soul and spirit this morning. Because Jesus said to his disciples, if the Son shall make you free, you will be free indeed. Isn't that a beautiful verse? That's Jesus talking about complete freedom. 
So it's got to be a possibility. And I don't know, freedom is something that we experience, experience more and more as we come to an understanding of what it is to live out of our spirits and not our souls. So that's what I want to think about for a little while this morning. So basically, I don't know, I was a Christian a long time and I, I've always had that kind of, well, I kind of know what my soul is and I kind of know what my spirit is, but what are they? So I want to probably oversimplify it for my own sake this morning and say, I'm sitting on the soul chair, okay? Here I am. I want to say that your soul is your mind, not your brain, because your brain is part of your body. Your mind, your emotions, and your personality. Some people even say your senses are part of your soul. But particularly that idea of your mind, your emotions, and your personality are your soul. And your spirit is a much more difficult thing to define. In fact, a lot of people who don't know Jesus will say there's no spiritual dimension to our lives. Yeah, we're just people. We have bodies, we have emotions, we have minds and all that kind of stuff, but there's no spirit. But for those of us who have been born again, we know that we have a spirit. Yeah? Because it is our spirit, here I am sitting on the right chair, which is, which is the part of us that is born again. I don't think this is controversial, but it might be. Our souls are not born again. Only our spirit. That's made you quiet. <laughs> yeah, good. Because the, the New Testament, Paul, often goes back, and I've got a whole long list of verses up there, but I just want to explain this. Paul is constantly saying to his, the people who are reading his letters, to the people who are learning from him, do not live by the flesh. Instead, live by the Spirit. When Paul was talking about living by the flesh, he wasn't talking about just living out of your body. He was putting body and soul together. In other words, don't live out of your emotions. Don't live out of your mind. Don't live out of your personality. Don't just live out of your, your body. Live out of the spirit. So when, when the New Testament makes that distinction between spirit and flesh, it's lumping soul and body together. And the reason I say that our soul is not born again, we can talk about that idea of our souls being saved, because when we are born again, we are completely saved. We all know we're going to get a new body. And Reg and I have already agreed that that's a good idea. <laughs> I've agreed it with one or two other people who I won't name as well this morning, because this body gets old and we're going to get a new body in heaven. Hallelujah. And we're going to be spiritual beings there, but we are spiritual beings here now. So here's the problem for me. 
Because I'm one of those people, I'm just one of those emotional people, you know, if you kick me, I get emotional. If the women win the World Cup, I'll get emotional. <laughs> I, I don't know, I, that's unfortunately for me, because it's not always a good thing, my default position is here. I find that over and over again, I revert back to my soul, to living out of my soul, to living out of my mind and my emotions, so that when things go wrong in my life, it really is hard for me to cope with the, with the emotions of my mind. It goes, the, the, the thoughts go round and round inside my head until I want to scream, because I'm living out of my soul. And furthermore, the reason I say your soul isn't born again is because in life we suffer emotional and mind damage in our lives. All of us can go back to painful things that we can still feel with our emotions. Is that right? Now, I'm going to say a few things that might be controversial this morning. Here's another one. God's purpose is to heal our souls. You know, I don't want you to get the idea that the soul is a bad thing, it's a good thing, according to Scripture and according to God, okay? And David, if you read through the Psalms, he understands this whole business of living out of the soul because that's where he seemed to have problems as well. And in Psalm 23, what does he say? He says, you restore my soul. And that's God's purpose. The problem that we have with our souls is that the emotional and mental damage in our lives has built up and built up and built up. And as Christians, we exercise forgiveness. We exercise releasing that pain from our lives. But actually, it's a really difficult process and some of it gets left behind. And God's enemy wants to influence our lives. You know, he hasn't given up on us yet. He's a bit thick. <laughs> he knows he cannot attack our spirits because our spirits are born again. We are a new creation and we are perfect. Listen, say this right now. I am perfect. I am perfect. No, but you don't believe it, do you? Say it again with me. I am perfect. Because that is the truth. When David was standing up here saying, I have clean hands and I can worship, it's because he's perfect. You say, but you don't know what goes through my mind, Graham. You don't know what I still do. That happens here. But my spirit is perfect. It is completely perfect. And here's some other amazing things that we can read. <sighs> it says in John chapter 14, verse 20, Because I live, you also will live. That's what Jesus said. On that day you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. So let's just see what that says. It says... This is what Jesus said, that we are inside the Father. 
and that Jesus is also, I can't do this holding the microphone. Uh, so I'm just going to, can I put it down or something? I don't know. Well, John, you can be a mic stand. I don't so care. Do everything else. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just get this right. This is the truth about what's happened in our spirit when we're born again. The, the Jesus is inside the Father, and I am inside Jesus. And Jesus is inside me. So when we are living from our spirits, we find that the entire Godhead is wrapped around us because the Holy Spirit is managing to live there as well. The book of Acts is full of it. We can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. So Father, Son and Spirit all live in us, in our spirit, when we're living from here. This is our position of perfection. And the amazing thing about this seat here, I'll, I'll, take, my, I'll take the mic back in, sorry John. <laughs> the amazing thing about this seat here is that there's something mystical about it, because when I sit here, I'm not only sitting in the Friendship Hall in Eckington, I'm also sitting in heaven. I am seated in heavenly places. And I have all the authority of God the Father, all the power of Jesus, all the energy of the Holy Spirit in me when I'm living here. So why do I live here? I'm going to say a little bit about that to finish, but I want to say one last thing here. And this, in a way, can be controversial too, because sometimes people say, well, you know, God's enemy attacks us. After all, John, uh, Ephesians chapter 6 says, our fight is not against flesh and blood, it is against the spiritual forces, yeah? And we always think of those spiritual forces as being, I don't know, they're in some person over there, or I don't know, they're in the town, or, but they're not inside me. No. They want to attack you as well. Because God's enemy is not given up yet. He's thick. And the truth is, Satan is not omnipresent. But God is. That means he can completely be in your spirit and in everybody else's at the same time. But God's enemy uses his minions to do his work for him. And they attach themselves to us as Christians. I know this is controversial too. You can go away and talk about this. God's enemies' minions attach themselves to the damage in our souls. They can influence our lives, but they cannot possess us. Because the Holy Spirit, in fact the whole Godhead, is already possessing us. But they can cling on to the outside of our damage and affect our lives and bring more damage to us. So as we get healing in our souls, it takes away the landing places for God's enemy. So we receive something double. Number one, healing from the past. And number two, the enemy has less opportunity to influence our lives. 
Now, I want to say two more things. I want to say something more about living here. And then I want to talk, because I've heard preachers preach about this before. And I go away thinking, yeah, that's great. But how do you get from here to here? It's only one step, but I've, I, how do we do it? So I want to say something about that. But last, I want to say here. Here, there are three spiritual medicines. And there's a valve between the spirit and the soul. There can be a flow from here in my spirit into my soul. But my spirit is perfect. And the Godhead dwells there. And nothing can change that. Whatever damage or sickness there is in my soul, nothing can change the perfection of my spirit. Ah, that's making you look a bit... Because there's a valve. So what is it that can flow from my spirit into my soul? The three medicines of the spirit are, number one, the blood of Jesus. The fact that he died for us and completely dealt with our sin and completely dealt with every sickness in our body and completely dealt with every sickness of our soul means that there is a powerful medicine called the blood of Jesus which, when we dwell here, has the opportunity to begin to flow into our soul and restore it. And has the opportunity to flow into our bodies and bring healing to it. I'm oversimplifying this. I know I am. That's okay. Number two. Number two medicine is the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. And we could look at that for the whole session, but I just want to say this. You know, when we go and do something, in somebody's name. Immediately people understand when they know whose name we're using that we're bringing that person's authority. So if I turn up at the football stadium and I haven't got a ticket, they say, hey, you can't come in here. I say, okay, well, so-and-so, such and such a player or the manager. He's put his name on this letter here to say that I can come in. Oh, okay, you can come. Because it carries his authority. The scripture says that all authority, all authority, heaven and earth has been given to Jesus. And when we come under his name, we have power in the world around us. And as if that wasn't enough, there's a third medicine. And that third medicine is the resurrection power of Jesus, otherwise known as dunamis. Same base word as dynamite. We have within us, when we live here, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. And it can flow out of us into our souls. And it can flow into our bodies and bring healing. And I don't want to talk a lot about deliverance today, but I want to say this. I believe, I've come to believe that deliverance needs to be a part of the ministry of the church to each other. 
because I believe that God's enemy uses those minions. I like the word minions because it, it kind of implies that they're small. I tell you what, some of them are not very small. But he that is in us is greater than he that is in the world. So they are small. And what I'm saying is that sometimes, what I found was that I was carrying around a demon that was affecting my life. Sorry, I've used the D word. And it was an orphan spirit. And I had to agree with people who were ministering to me and praying with me that together we were going to tell that demon where to go. And I was going to be free from that orphan spirit. Not going to live with it anymore. And I believe that needs to be part of the ministry of the church. We sometimes think about deliverance as being something shocking and fringe and way out there. It's not. It's just a part of the freedom that God wants to bring us here in our souls so that we can experience more of the presence of God in our lives. Lastly, then, I, want to, I don't want to go into any great detail. I'm just going to read these off for you to think about. I want to talk about, I just want to mention seven, I know, I know, because I've sat in the audience before, when you hear the word seven, you immediately think, oh no, no, he's going to be here forever. <laughs> seven keys from moving from here to here. Number one is know, know the truth. Jesus said in John chapter 8, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So when we learn this stuff, and better still, don't learn it from me because I get it wrong sometimes. But when we learn it from Scripture and the Holy Spirit, then the truth inside us is step one from living in our soul to living in our spirit. Yeah? Number two, see I told you it would be quick, is that it's always a choice for us. You know, God's given us a choice. And I know because one of the things that the enemy will tell you when you live here, particularly in those phases of your life when your emotions are raw and damaged, is that he will use everything to tell you this is where you deserve to live. You don't even deserve to go there. So then you have to choose and say, okay, I believe the word of God and I'm not going to sit here anymore. I am choosing to move from here. You know what? You have to operate forgiveness. You have to leave the, be prepared to leave the, the, the pain and, and, and stuff behind. And we don't want to do that sometimes because we think we're letting people off. But actually we're freeing ourselves. When you forgive and give up your right to hold on to any bitterness, then you are choosing a position which enables you to occupy your spirit. So it's a choice. Number three. One of the keys is worship. The scripture says that everything that has breath can praise the Lord. So you can sit in the position of your soul and praise God as much as you like. But something happens when we begin to worship. And you and I know that it's not just about singing songs. It's something about suddenly finding yourself in the presence of God. Which means you're no longer sitting in your soul, you're sitting in your spirit. You're just, there's that connection has happened between you and God and Father and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And it's so beautiful and powerful. That's not praise, it's worship. 
And worship can only come from somebody whose spirit has been renewed. So I suggest you worship comes out of somebody's born again. You can't worship if you're not born again. So worship is a, you know, I love Spotify because, you know, they give me loads of stuff. And there are different ways that people worship. But worship is a key to being, to living out of your spirit. The word of God is another thing. We could talk about the logos and the rima. We could talk about the words in the book which help us to have knowledge, but then we can talk about the, how the, the Holy Spirit, the word of the Holy Spirit, which is also the word of God, brings revelation. So we need the knowledge, know the truth, and the truth will set you free, but then we need revelation as well. Revelation, how can I even explain what revelation is? It's seeing the unseen. It's God revealing something to you that you wouldn't otherwise know. That's the word of God. So that's key number four. Number five is learning how to be still. Be still. And no. Where do we do that? Here. Be still. You know what? There's no stillness here. Because our emotions and our mind and everything else and the, the program around us and other people completely, it's like a storm here. Be still. Stop it, says Jesus. Stop it. Slow down. Stop. Stillness is a key. I want to say this to exercising spiritual gifts. You know, the spiritual gifts are given to us so that we can edify the church, but more and more, God is saying, I want to release my gifts out there into the community. That's what's happening. And what I found, I mean, this happened to us yesterday. We, up, we went to a food festival somewhere, ended up sitting down on a table, ended up talking to a couple, and after a while, we knew that it was a God appointment. And the young man sitting opposite me, he said, no, I don't believe in Jesus anymore. I used to believe in him. And oh, he went on and on and about blah, 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 blah. And then he said, but what do you believe about Jesus? And he, he really wanted to know, do you know what I mean? He, and we, we shared that moment and we swapped and I sent him a message this morning because I had a word for him on WhatsApp. What I'm saying is this, the more we seek to operate in the spiritual gifts that God has given us, which happened to us when we had coffee the other day, didn't it Richard? The more we find that we're transported out of the place of our soul and into the place of our spirit because our spiritual ears and eyes are opened and the Holy Spirit begins to reveal things to us in other people. So don't hide your gift away. Be brave, whatever it is, because operating in those spiritual gifts brings you into the seat of the Spirit in your life. And you suddenly find a bravery and a, a power, the dunamis and the blood of Jesus and the name of Jesus are stirred up inside you so that you can operate and bless people. So using your spiritual gifts. And the last one is fellowship and communion. There's something precious about meeting together in the presence of Jesus. 
and talking about him. You know, it's when we do it around our dining tables with our friends, when we do it in the coffee shop with our friends and sit and talk, and when we bring Jesus in, you can sit in your soul in a coffee shop, or you can sit in your spirit, you know what I mean? As soon as we begin to talk about the Lord, something shifts our backsides off of one chair and puts it in the other. So that we find ourselves in that place. How many times have you sat in a conversation with somebody about Jesus and got up feeling different? Because there's a flow of life going into our emotions. So fellowship. There's something mystical about communion. One of the things that we found on the journey, Steph and I, that we've been have, Steph felt it particularly strongly to start with, we need to share communion together. So quite often we sit in bed and we... It's not just because we're on a bit of wine. <laughs> we sit in bed and, and we take some wine and we take a little bit of bread and we share communion together. I don't know why, but it's a beautiful spiritual thing to do. And Jesus loves it. So that's fellowship. Why not just bring a bit of bread and wine into your, into your coffee? Morning. Well, I think you're a bit weird, but hey, we are, aren't we? And we sit here, we're more weird than if we sit there. And I don't care anymore. I want to sit here. I want to finish, really. I hope what I'm doing is painting a picture of a journey that I haven't quite found the end of myself, because the truth is, I probably spend more time there than here now, but I'm learning that there is another place in my life which is unbelievably brilliant that I want to live from for my own sake and for the sake of the people that I meet around me. And the God of peace sanctify you wholly and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved entire without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, Manishi Demoini. That's, I've finished now. <laughs> <laughs>